from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Starting five, let's start with number five. We have a statement coming from Jeremy Sharp, insider, not really insider, spokesman is the better word, spokesman for University of North Carolina football. Uh, He gave a text message statement to Jeremy Sharp, uh, sorry, to Inside Carolina. Jeremy Sharp gave the uh, text message. Here's what it said in regards to Mac Brown potentially retiring. The text read, it's that time of year, so someone is going to start this rumor in the hopes of affecting our team and or recruiting like they've done the past two years. Mac is full steam ahead. In fact, he already has spring practice planned and is currently setting up recruiting visits for December. So, no, he's not retiring. I'm not leaving. End statement. I'm not bleeping leaving. They can't make me. Ah! Everybody's going crazy in the student section. It is classy and or honorable the classy part would be if he thinks he's probably going to retire but he's saying no stop asking no stop asking because that's classy because that doesn't take away the shine from the, the players so you're calling his bluff no i'm not i'm saying it would not be the first time a coach lies about not retiring right fair they're they're not under oath okay so uh what i'm saying is if he does think he's going to retire and this is their their message coming from the program, that's classy because that's a way to guarantee that the two games they play from this point out, possibly an ACC championship game and possibly a bowl game, will be about the players and not about, oh, will this be the last time we see Hall of Famer Mac Brown? What I'm saying is he doesn't want to take the problems of next year with replacing a Drake May, replacing a Tez Walker, and put it off on another coach in their first season with the program. That would be the honorable side. It's classy to say this if you are retiring. It's honorable to just not retire after this season because the the I don't want to say the cupboard's going to be bare. The cupboard's going to be unproven, right? Drake May is going to be gone. Cedric Gray, like like uh, uh, Tez Walker. There's there's going to be a lot of guys that I expect to be to be moving on. A lot and, of turnover and not moving on like oh eligibility is done and they're going to be in a cubicle somewhere i think there's a lot of guys on that roster that are going to be wearing an nfl jersey next year uh so so came on rucker or came in rucker so i think the honorable thing to do would be even if you're like i could retire maybe is to come back and either have success next year with a new group that can uh you know welcome in the next coach the, the next year with hey, we're pretty well established. We're going to help you. Or not do great, essentially, and then the expectation will be lower for the next coach. I think the honorable thing would be to stick around because it's what's best for the program. The classy thing would be to say you're not retiring right up until you do retire so you don't take the shine away from the players. Either way, I don't think he, you know, I'm glad he didn't say, well, this is probably the end of my run, and I would like for everybody to treat me like a king for the next three games so uh, so everyone can say goodbye. I like that he didn't do that. By the way, they have a game against Clemson at Clemson this weekend. Let's hear from that quarterback that likely will be entering the uh, NFL draft, Drake May, about his previous experience with Clemson's program. I got recruited by Clemson. Um, I went to a game there. 
Uh, they played State there one time, one afternoon, 3.30 game, I think. Um, you know, Clemson was one of, the, one of the options I was thinking about out of high school. Um, coach Streeter was a quarterback coach then. He was, and I was a big fan. And uh, Coach Sweeney obviously does a great job. So, uh, um, you know, just kind of did, things didn't play out, and I ended up committing to Alabama, and y'all know the story. So, ended up at the right spot. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I know the atmosphere. Um, they're a great football school, um, great football town, great college town. Um, they're going to bring um, some noise and uh, just great opportunity for us to go into a road environment. You know, I love playing on the road. I think that's one of my, my favorite things, you know, going to a, a place where it's rowdy. Um, and uh, just look forward to it. This could be another great opportunity, Tim, for Drake May to make some Drake May magic on the road in Clemson. You saw it last week. Why not do it again? His final, or not his final, they play stay on the road, but. His final game at Clemson. Yeah. Final game against Clemson. Um, there are teams, and and Clemson is that team right now for the ACC. Still is, I believe, even though Florida State's becoming that. Um, like five years from now, six years from now, ten years from now, when he says, "I play," oh yeah, I played for North Carolina in the ACC at a dinner party, right? At a, uh, uh, I don't know, his future kids' uh, soccer game. How'd you do against Clemson? Is going to be one of the questions. Oh, did you play at Clemson? Oh, how crazy was Death Valley? It's going to be one of those questions, and you're going to want to have a good answer for it. You're going to want to have a good answer for it. I play at the University of Delaware. Do you know what the, the two questions I get asked every time? What was that? They're both the exact same. Did you know Joe? One of them, I'm not going to get into politics, but Joe Biden did play freshman year football at Delaware. Uh, and Joe Flacco. So it's always, oh, did you know Joe? It's like, which one are you asking? Because you're going to get two very different answers. Uh, did not ever meet Joe Biden and shook hands with Joe Flacco. Those are my answers. Fun fact, North Carolina has not defeated Clemson in Death Valley since 2001 with a 38-3 victory. Who was the quarterback in 01? Got to go way back, right? Good question. Do some Googling. That would have been, I mean, that's well before even, like, Yates, right? got to be uh was it curry was it curry no i think curry might have might have been before that that was that was during the julius pepper era i know that maybe maybe it was curry all right well we'll figure that out scratch that edge for us that's number five let's get to number four we are the four horsemen interrupt me when you find the answer to that uh number four is jc horn has been ruled out for the carolina panthers which is a big deal because he is your best corner and, and you're playing a team with maybe the hottest receiver in the game, uh, the, meaning like the, the on-a-heater, right, the on-fire receiver in the game in, in C.D. Lamb. A.J. Brown has been great, but they're coming off a bye. Tyreek Hill has put up ridiculous numbers, but he's had better games earlier in the year. You look at what C.D. Lamb is doing, and you say, if there's ever a game where I want our number one lockdown corner, probably the game where you're playing the guy that has three consecutive games with at least 10 catches and at least 150 yards receiving. Edgero Evero, the defensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers, was asked, is Dallas the most explosive offense they've seen this season? Here's his answer. Uh, yeah, you know, I would say them in Miami. You know, Detroit's really good too, but just especially the ability to make plays on the on the outside with their uh, receivers. Um, you know, Miami is probably comparable, but this is as good offense as there is in the league. Not great. Duran Durant? No, Duran Durant's a man. Darren Durant. Darren Durant. Duran Durant. <laughs> would, 
If you t- the, the t- starting quarterback of the 2001 University of North Carolina wow. Tar Heels. I might have to hit the dump button on myself. Duran Duran. It's a Friday. We get weird on Fridays. Uh, going, back, <laughs> going back to the Cowboys offense and not having J.C. Horn. Uh, J.C. Horn's on his way back. The 21-day practice window is opened. He's been out since week one with an injury. Um, Brandon Cooks kind of emerged for the, the Cowboys last week. If Cooks and, and CD are both going, Dante Jackson's going to have to play great. The safeties are going to have to play great. The undercoverage is like everyone is going to have to play great. If J.C. Horn were playing and he had it going, you could kind of trust him a bit more on an island. So it just makes it more difficult for Evero to, to call the defense against that team. Uh, here's more of Evero on how Dallas's offense dictate, dictates the coverage to the defense. It's coming. The issue is when you play a team like Dallas, it's like, okay, we, we can roll the coverage over there, but then they got Brandon Cooks and they got Gallup and they got a run game and they got all these different things going on. They got a quarterback that can beat you with his legs. And so, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, it's a credit to them, what they've done, what they put together. They've got a lot of good players. And uh, that's what makes them such a good offense. There's nobody you could zero in on. There's nobody to zero in on. Zero in on CD. Make someone else beat you. Yeah. Zero in on CD. Sometimes there is that like, it's one or the other, right? Um, some of the sometimes I think like Calvin Johnson's ridiculous seasons. He had whatever 1,980 yards one year, whatever it is, uh, with the Lions. I think that was in part because teams said we are going to take away everything else. And, and you can give Calvin his 200, but but the team's going to have 250 yards. You know what I mean? Uh, either do that and say CeeDee's going to get his buck 60 and a touchdown, but everybody else is going to be bottled up. Pollard's going to get nothing. Cooks isn't going to be open. Uh, whoever the Ferguson, that tight end, isn't going to be getting anything going. Or do the opposite and say CD is going to get bottled up. We're going to make sure of it. And we're going to make you beat us with Ferguson and Cooks and, and anybody else. A little bit of pick your poison, kind of. It's, it's I mean, it's the old, uh, it's the old uh, um, uh, Belichick, right? Yeah. Take what the team does best, take it away from them. Although Belichick, hey, maybe you don't want to be mimicking that guy right now. Uh, that's number four. Let's go ahead and jump to number three. One, two, three. Canes play tomorrow versus Pittsburgh. First of all, we need to we need to have a, a nickname question. Sidney Crosby. Can you be Sid Sid the Kid when you are like one of the oldest guys on the ice? It, it, does it become Sid the Man at any point in time? Sid Sid the Gramps? Does it does it become any any anything? I don't know. I feel like we had the same problem with Ken Griffey Jr. He was the kid, and then all of a sudden he was like the old man in Cincinnati, and it's like uh I don't know. It just feels wrong. I like Sid the Gramps. Sid the Gramps? You yeah. kind of want to play like a grandpa tomorrow if you're the Carolina Hurricanes. You hope he does. You hope he does. He is one of those players that I feel uh, – I've never seen Sid the Kid in person, although it is a home game, so maybe I'll go out to the game tomorrow. Uh, it's nice being a part of the media and you get to make those decisions kind of last second. But uh, I encourage all of you to get out there. Um, here's the, the, the way I think every story – like – when you watch Sidney Crosby play, it does feel like he senses when somebody is like seeing him for the first time and he does something special. I was just in the car today driving to an event with somebody from the office, and 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 they were like, "Hey, you know, I've seen Sidney Crosby play." I was like, "Oh, really?" They're like, "Yeah, out in Colorado." And I said, "Okay, cool." I said, "Hat trick." 
And it's just like, I feel like everybody that's seen Sidney play has that story. I've seen him do something spectacular. It, it, it's like, you know, you, you never go see him play. And he has games, right? Every, no one in hockey has, uh, you know, a hat trick every game. But it's always like, yeah, two assists and a goal. Yeah, he scored the game winner in overtime. Yeah, it's like always something crazy. And they're just certain athletes like that. I don't know, Tim, for the hurricane's sake, you might not want to go tomorrow night. But you're not a superstitious person. I'm not so. a superstitious person. But, it, like, I do believe in some players just, you know, have a sense of the moment. Uh, and I think Sid's one of them. So, exactly that. Beat him by two goals. Right? Don't don't give Sid the opportunity to, to be magical down the stretch. Right? Beat him by, by enough that, that there's no doubt. Don't, don't protect anything. Right? Keep the pedal to the metal, even with the goal difference, because he's good enough to make the comeback. And if you're the Hurricanes... And I'm quoting Rod Brendamore here from his post-game press conference on Wednesday night. When you have the puck in the offensive zone, don't get too cute. <laughs> um, don't make too many extra passes. If a lane's there, if you have a scoring opportunity, take advantage. Yeah, there's – there's looking at the Canes, and I've, I've had this conversation with Adam Gold, who you hear every afternoon right before this show. I do think they're pressing a bit. What what they're asked to do, the system they're asked to play is, is difficult, right? It's It's – demanding it's exhausted and you have to buy in and you have to be in the, the opposing skaters face particularly the forwards the entire game and when you start to hit a few hiccups individuals can't try to do too much and it does feel a bit like that is happening where you're trying to like make up for a week of of off play with one great shift and it's like no just just do do your job, right? The the line that's taking so much heat with, with Martinook, Stahl, and Faust is, I mean, they're creating a ton of opportunities. They're just not finding the back of the net. And, and, and you can feel them almost like, it's like when a basketball team is running their offense to perfection and missing open jumpers. Eventually, they stop running the offense because they're like, oh, I got to try something new. What we're doing isn't working. And and a good coach is saying, no, it is working exactly how we want it to. You just have to be patient and shots will fall. So so I'm looking at the Canes and I'm saying, you know the system, right? Orlov is smart enough to figure it out. Uh, Bunting, I actually think, has been playing fairly well and understanding his role. That, like, And everybody else has been around. You know what you're supposed to do. You know what the, the system is. Give it time, just like Novocaine always works, right? To quote Denzel Washington and remember the Titans. I run six plays. Give it time, just like Novocaine always works. I, I, I think they just need to stay true and stay calm and, and stop pressing so much. The 3-1 loss to Philly on Wednesday night is interesting because I feel like in all three periods, Carolina had one great scoring opportunity. I think of Ajo. Right, excuse me, I think of Martinook in the first period, left side of the goalie. I think of Ajo out in front, second period. And then after Button had the wide-open goal and it just goes off the crossbar in the third period, to me that's kind of where, you, as a fan, you throw your hands up and just say, all right, it's just not our night. It, 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 there, there is a part of you that wants to say that, but that, like, first of all, as a fan, we 100% do that. But as a player, it's like, like if you're bunting in that situation or you're the line that was playing with bunting, like, you, you, you execute it. Right, you got the shot. You just have to make the shot. Yeah, and and if you could get yourself in that situation a hundred times, I'd say do it. Right, it's it's patience. Don't press. Don't think you have to change everything. Just do do this. What you're doing? Oh gosh, I'm going full Belichick. I almost said do your job. Like like, but there is an element of that. 
Just do what you are supposed to do, and you'll be fine. Uh, that's number three. Let's get to number two. Just the two of us. We have ACC basketball tonight. Not necessarily conference games, but all three teams from the triangle uh, on the court. Bucknell at Duke, 6 p.m. I also appreciate how they staggered this so we can we can uh, pay attention to kind of them all at yeah. different points in time. Bucknell at Duke, 6 p.m. Charleston Southern at NC State, 7 p.m. UC Riverside at North Carolina, the nightcap, 8 p.m. This is very similar to the, that first, whatever it was, Tuesday, where you're playing teams that you should win by a lot, but you're almost not like Duke is competing against Bucknell because a loss becomes catastrophic, but you're really not competing against Bucknell. The three teams from the triangle are competing against the three teams from the triangle and, and all of the other teams in the ACC that are playing tonight, Duke state and North Carolina. They're not competing against the mid majors that they're playing only. They're also seeing who can improve the most, who can iron out the early single early season wrinkles the most. Um, you know, Duke exposed some things that they need to work on in that loss to Arizona and in the first half against Michigan State. Can they iron out those wrinkles against Bucknell? Can they work on them? Can they get their bigs a little bit more physical? Can maybe Filipowski rim protect a bit better or Ryan Young or Mitchell or Stewart or whoever that's going to be? Um, State, continue to work in those seven transfers. I'm going to say that for the first half of the season. It's going to be a default for State. When you have you know, the handful of transfers from last year, the handful of guys that have been around, and seven new transfers this year, th- you're about building chemistry. Figure it, figuring out your system. Figuring out your system, but also just figuring out, like, okay, when O'Connor is running the the the, the fast break and he's the leak out, he's going to run to the corner for a three. Meanwhile, if, if, you know, O'Connor has to learn that if Moore sells the leak out on a fast break, he wants to go to the bucket. And all of them have to learn that if DJ Burns trucks it on down on a fast break, you better feed the big guy the ball and reward him for running the floor. DJ Burns is just going to do DJ Burns things in a situation like that. Like, And you have to reward him, right? If DJ Burns, you know, all of that size, if that gets cooking down the, the, the court on a fast break and you have the opportunity to set it up for him, you do it, right? You reward the big guy for running, running the, 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 the floor. And, and then North Carolina, similarly – uh, they have transfers and they have freshmen they want to work in. Um, I had big, big high expectations for Elliot Cadeau at the beginning of the year. Hubert Davis is kind of a traditional coach where the freshmen have to earn all of their reps. I get it, and it's and it's fair. Um, but I want Cadeau to keep earning them. I want him to be the point guard uh, when the games matter at the end of the year, so, uh, in addition to, to Davis and a few other ball, ball handlers. But you can earn some of that trust against UC Riverside tonight. So, you're competing against the teams you're playing against, but you're also competing against everyone else in the ACC to see who can improve the most in a game like this. And so, compete against yourself, kind of? Ooh, I like it. Man in the Mirror? Yeah. Sing it. Uh, oh, the, the Michael Jackson one? That, that's no, Man nobody in the wants, Nobody wants to hear me sing All that. All right. That's number two. Let's get to number one. The one! Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. You could really use the JAG Advantage. What's the JAG Advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity. I chose William Peace University because of the small class sizes. I feel that 
you get more one-on-one -on -one time with teachers. With class sizes like about 16 per teacher, you can really get that one-on-one -on -one help a lot of students need. A 12 to one student to faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with their Career Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu. Is Frank Wright coaching for his job? It's a question everybody's asking. Is Frank Reich coaching for his job? The only person that knows this for real or only people are, are David and Nicole Tepper. But we can play vibes, right? We 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 can play. We can he, read the room. He he took play calling back, which feels like a last resort, right? Which feels like if my job's on the line, I want to be in control. What do we say? It's like the cat in the Titanic. If anyone asks, I was driving. If anyone asks, I was driving. The irony is I do think uh, – Frank Reich is is um if Frank Reich is doing this to protect Thomas Brown cuz Thomas Brown was a play caller and it didn't go well for 3 weeks now Frank Reich's taking it back. Uh I think he's hurting Thomas Brown. I think it's it's worse to be given play calling duties and having taken them back in less than a month than it is to just call bad plays for the rest of the year. So I think he's hurting Thomas Brown, uh, but I do think there's part of like hey did we hit the iceberg? If anyone asks, I was driving. I'm calling the plays now for, for Frank Reich. Uh, Chris Canty is the host of Unsportsmanlike, one of the co-hosts, along with Evan Cohen and, and Michelle Smallman uh, every morning here on 99.9 The Fan. He, he has an idea about Frank Reich and his job security heading into the Cowboys game. It is ugly in Carolina <laughs> right now. Feel but, is a bad word. But, but I think he could save his job with a win, and here's why. Because Bryce Young would have to play out of his mind against a really good Dallas Cowboys defense. And if you're owner David Tepper, you are married to Bryce Young for better or for worse. You drafted him number one overall. Doesn't look like he's the best quarterback in his class. You don't have your first-round pick, which might be the first overall pick in a quarterback-rich draft in 2024. It's all about Bryce Young. And what you want is signs of progress. Mm -hmm. Show me something tangible that indicates that this guy is growing from the first half of the season to the second half of the regular season. Now that we're in you know, November, it's Thanksgiving, give me another performance like we saw against the Houston Texans a few weeks ago where Bryce Young head-to-head -head outdueled C.J. Stroud, and it happened on a game-winning drive that led to a field goal for the go-ahead points. Hmm. Winning solves everything. It would take a lot of winning to solve what is going on in Carolina, but winning does solve everything. I'll give them that. Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. You could really use the JAG Advantage. Well, what's the JAG Advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity.